Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast ready for a December to remember. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, on today's episode, we are going to catch up on the coaching carousel. We'll give our thoughts on the playoff field, the Heisman finalists, and a crazy start to the transfer portal. Uh, but first, let's let's give our takeaways from championship weekend. Start with Ryan. Alrighty then. I'll take the, uh, the Big Ten championship game. Uh, we had Purdue versus Michigan. This game was actually more competitive maybe than the final score would show here, which was 43 to 22 Michigan. Michigan only outgained Purdue by 70 yards, not 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 a ton. Um, but really, you know, like kind of looking at this game, and the key stat for me was, you know, they both scored the same amount of times. Like they both scored six times. But Michigan just scored six touchdowns, and Purdue had five field goals and, a t- and only one touchdown. So, you know, they each had those opportunities. Um, just the red zone efficiency and execution was just a major difference point for this one. And, you know, Michigan's ability to to run the ball obviously had, you know, a huge factor in that. I mean, you got to give them credit. They're, they're running the ball really, really well. Um, they run for 225 yards and three touchdowns. Donovan Edwards has been playing great. He had uh, another big game, 175 for himself. So, you know, I got to give Purdue credit for battling. I mean, this was, they made it a competitive game and it was right there in the third quarter. Could have gone either way at that point. Um, but I feel like if they wanted a chance to win, you know, maybe. They had to go for it. Exactly. Brom probably should have been a little more aggressive rather you than setting like five field goals. But you kind of look at each scenario and like maybe two of them you probably could have gone for it. But it was somewhere just like you got to kind of kick the field goal. Yeah, it was no, just I like get too, it. But too hard like, to go for it. There was one it was that was like, like a fourth, a fourth and, and, one. and eight. Like you, you, you just got to go. Like yeah. you got nothing to Later lose. Later in the game, they were down a decent amount for sure. It's like you got to go. But, you know, I don't, they weren't going to win the game, but you could have at least Lane Kiffin it and given yourself a shot. All right. Uh, next one we have is the Big 12 championship and great game. TCU's undefeated season came to an wow. end against Kansas State in overtime. And Max Duggan, um, obviously, he's, he's an underdog at this point, but he kind of had his Heisman moment on the last drive of regulation here. Pretty much every single play, it felt like he Incredible. was he was running and uh, getting tons of yards, got the touchdown and ultimately... Uh, converted on the two-point conversion to tie the game and that sent it to overtime but then in overtime they went first they had you know uh third and fourth third and goal fourth and goal at the one <coughs> and got stuffed both times well on the third and goal maybe got in there the, the, we only had kind of an overhead shot and i just the angle you, you couldn't quite tell um yeah because like he also lost the ball too so you didn't know when he lost it was he already in yeah it, it definitely was, wasn't conclusive the angle we yeah. saw but but no you, you could have gone either down, way there. Duggan was so close he was yeah yeah yeah. he was very close um yeah and then they reviewed it and you know it's always weird with those spot reviews it seems like they never they hate doing like quarter yard line or you know the what ball i mean should have yeah. moved it should have been a little closer than it was yeah. they and they they kind of like, it's like half or full i guess there's no wasn't wasn't the rule that with reviews that you know i know this wasn't a first down it was a touchdown but if if it's you can only review the the spot as to whether it's a first down or not can you can you move it if it was didn't affect the first down oh, I'm not, first down 
I don't know, but it like was weird because the, the ref case. came back and said the ball is inside the one yard line, but they still didn't really like move it. They but either slightly, way, they I still think they slightly moved it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's anyway. so weird. It was confusing to me. But um, anyway, they got stuffed there, and then K State made the field goal to win. So as far as K State's side, like great season for Chris Kleiman, oh, yeah, uh, great season and game for Deuce Vaughn, and yeah, K State Big Twelve champs, good for them. And TCU, no harm, no foul there. They're yeah, still in the playoff. Yeah, exactly. And they were the three seed. Like, what, if they won, it was going to be the same. So, yeah, they just yeah. just one less trophy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Duggan was the man, though. That was fun to watch. Yeah, maybe two All less right. trophies, I guess, if Duggan oh, doesn't win the yeah. Heisman. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Sorry, Michael. Got to bring up the Pac-12 championship. Um, you know, of course, SC had the chance to to go to the playoff. Didn't go their way. Utah had. Uh, a huge fourth quarter to really seal the win. But early on, man, it looked like SC was going to maybe run away with it. They're up 14-3 right away. Caleb Williams was making throws. He had that amazing long run, which ended up being costly as he he pulled the hammy there. But um, yeah, And they even after that had a chance to go up 21-3, ended up settling for a field goal, so still up two scores. But once and we had once a chance, Utah- even after that, we had a chance to go up 24-3, I think, when we were up 17-3. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, but once Utah realized that Caleb was, you know, more one dimensional, they kind of teed off, and and um, he Williams still made some great throws. Like they had that long fourth down pass to Jordan Addison late, but but Cam Rising was just too tough. He he's a fun quarterback to watch. SC's defense couldn't couldn't really stop him or the the run game late. But ultimately, the takeaways are, you know, even in defeat, Caleb Williams he didn't really lose the Heisman. Um, and SC's defense kind of finally maybe let them down. But amazing year one for Lincoln Riley, obviously a bright future. And then for Utah, they go to the Rose Bowl for the second time in a row, should be motivated to win as they lost the the, the heartbreaker last year. Yeah, and USC can go win the Cotton Bowl now. How about that? Let's take that we'll before see. the year we'll see Caleb, with, uh, Caleb plays. Yeah, it might be yeah. Moss, right? Could Moss be. Miller. We'll see. Yeah, well, still, good year. Um that's the Heisman. It's the Goodyear right Cotton Bowl, right? It is. It oh. is. Good point. There you mm-hmm. go. Well done. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move to the ACC title game. We had Clemson against North Carolina. Well, we kind of had a uh, finally. It seems like changing of the guard at quarterback for Clemson. I kind of thought heading into this year, at some point, it would happen. Kate Klubnik would would take over for 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 Big DJU. I didn't think it would take all the way until the ACC title game, but it did. Um, Klubna came in and played really well. 20 of 24 for 279 yards, over 11 yards per attempt. It's great. Um, and after the game, almost pretty much, DJU promptly entered the transfer portal, um, which, I, you know, I, I feel like that's he's a good candidate for the transfer portal. I just wasn't working out for him at Clemson two years in a row now where it's just been kind of disappointing. I don't know if it's just him or if it's the offense. Who knows what, what the deal is, but just the... The marriage wasn't working there, so see if he can get a fresh start. When I hope he gets a, a good chance somewhere else. Um, but Clemson's defense in this game, just able to take advantage of some turnovers here to kind of help them win 39-10. to 10. They won the turnover battle 3 nothing. Um, And to me, overall, though, the ACC, it was just kind of crazy that Clemson is your champ, and it's just they had, like, a bad year. I mean, they nobody feels like Clemson is Clemson right now. They... They have some major issues offensively. Their defense was was really good, but maybe not even quite as good as we thought coming into the year. So, but they still won the conference. So it just kind of tells you, like, that's not 
it's not that great. Hey, no change is necessary then. Just, you know. Yeah, I know. Keep, yeah. keep the well, same offensive come staff. On. They've got to have some switches, man. Come on. We'll see. Yeah. Well, at least, yeah. <laughs> I mean, quarterback's changing, obviously. Club Nick will be the guy. Yeah. Uh, so, AAC Championship, Tulane earned their New Year's Six Bowl bid, beating UCF 45-28. Offense put up 648 total Jeez. yards. UCF. Impressive. Just- couldn't stop them uh, on the ground through the air. Ty J Spears at running back ran for 199 yards. And UCF with a, a hobbled John Rice Plumley and with Mikey Keene uh, sitting out the game to preserve his red shirt, which ended up, you know, kind of hurting them. Uh, they just they just couldn't keep up. What a year for Tulane. Yep. Yeah, quite a turnaround. And yeah. they kept their coach. Uh, yeah. all right. Yeah. The SEC championship, Georgia for just now. dominated. For now. Yeah, that's true. true. Not over. Coaching yeah. carousel still spinning. Yeah, but looks like yeah. it. It never sleeps. Yep. Um, the SEC championship, <clears throat> like I mentioned, Georgia just dominated, hung a 50 burger on LSU. I mean, LSU actually kind of moved the ball well most of the night, even in the first couple drives. But early on, Georgia's line blocked the field goal. Christopher Smith had the wherewithal <laughs> to pick it up and, and take it the distance. And if you watch the coverage, it was really funny CBS showing the the coach's booth, um, yelling, Peter, 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 not to pick it up. And look what he did. He ran it all the way. But, uh, <laughs> but LSU, they just they couldn't stop Georgia's offense. And then obviously also the, the Tigers didn't have a chance when Jaden Daniels left the game, re-injured his ankle. Nussmeyer played pretty well, though. But, um, but the takeaways are Stetson ended up kind of locking up a seat in New York through four touchdowns, 23 to 29 passing. Some of the guys behind or ahead of him at the time got injured or whatever, but, but neither here nor there. Um, and the run game was clicking with Milton and then Georgia, they get their sec championship after losing it last year. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, move on to the coaching carousel and to the most exciting hire maybe of the, the off season so far. Dion Sanders is now the head coach at Colorado had a very entertaining press press conference and yeah. first meeting with the players. Do you guys like the hire? I, I do. Um, we we did a YouTube on this as well. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're Colorado, like considering how they they how bad they've been on the field, it's it's a tremendous hire. I mean, other than the shortened COVID year, they they hadn't had a winning record since 2017. You could tell that the fan support was waning, and and with with Coach Prime, you're instantly you know you're going to get an influx of talent. Like we saw the amount of talent he was bringing in at Jackson State. Recruits have already you know been gravitating towards him at Colorado since being hired. So I, I don't have a doubt he'll he'll improve the the buffs there just because of the talent he's accumulated compared to what they've had. Um, also bringing in Sean Lewis to to run his offense, good get seemingly considering he was a respected MAC head coach. Um, I guess the one concern I would have is he maybe seems a little bit like boomer bust material. Um, he's going to take a little bit getting used to, uh, he's, he's very colorful. Um, but it was, you know, the, the, the question I have is at Jackson state, when the talent he got, they could clearly kind of outclass some of their opponents that might not necessarily be the case, um, going into the PAC 12 or in power five, we'll see. And then just the last point I want to make is about the PAC 12, they needed a, a jolt of energy considering SC and UCLA are leaving. And so this gives that keeps them in the national conversation, at least for a couple of years. Yep. I, uh, agree with, with all you said there. And yeah, I absolutely love the hire. I would grade it an a plus not to say that it's, it's some guarantee to work out because he's inexperienced, you know, he's only 
coached, you know, one job at an FCS school, but it just, I'm just bullish on it. There's so many, the ceiling is so high with the recruiting and with the the investment that Colorado is going to get. They've made two bowl games in the past 15 years. They've got nothing to lose. You might as well take a home run swing like this. I think it's going to work out for them. I think we talked about this on the YouTube episode, but I've heard a lot of people say boomer bust, and you just said that. And I, I can see why, like, you know, is, can his style at the power five level, um, stand the test of time? Like, is he going to be able to be successful for a long tenure? We don't know. We haven't seen much from him, but I also think it's, it's sort of going to be hard for it to be a bust because, because of all the talent he's, he's going to upgrade this roster so much where, from where they are, they were the worst power five team this year. Like they were terrible. They were one of the like 10 or 15 worst teams in the country. So there's nowhere to go, but up. Yeah, I, I'm not sure why anybody would be hesitant. I mean, you have been so bad for so long. And then you honestly just look at the last hire, uh, in Carl Durrell. Like, it could not have been a less exciting hire ever than Carl Durrell when he was hired at the time. <laughs> it was nobody liked it. Mike Riley. And, well, <laughs> I even thought Riley was better. Checkmate. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But, dude, it was bad. It was bad. And it, it turned yeah. out to, to be true. And it's just a completely different hire like talk about your just polar opposites of, of coaching hires the last two guys so I, I love it for Colorado man I, I thought a bigger school maybe with even a little more resources should have taken a chance on him because um, he gives you that potential man for for big time and he's, he's already one of the only go ahead Mike oh I was gonna say he's already apparently um the gotten the school to relax their their transfer kind of academic requirements so he's going to be able to recruit all the transfers he wants it seems like yeah my point was just like with all these coaching hires every year they're like impossible to predict totally impossible but this is one that we we all kind of feel pretty confident in and oh yeah i'm not like i'm not too worried about it i mean in the long run maybe but at least in the short term it's it's good yeah for sure okay what do you think about him uh pronouncing his son the the starting quarterback in in the press (laughs) conference well I think it's safe to say he will be considering what they have. So, you know, yeah. they, they've had some pretty bad QBs, man. And he did say that he has to earn it. So, he, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I'll put a little I would, caveat there. I would bet on him earning it. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, yeah, yeah something it's tells true. Me. It's true. Okay. Uh, another hire, not certainly not as exciting, but could be a solid one. Scott Satterfield is leaving Louisville to become Cincinnati's next head coach and replace Luke Fickle. Ryan, what did, what did you think about this yeah. one? Yeah, this uh, I have no emotion uh, on this on this hire. Really, it's a he was twenty five and twenty four. Well, he has twenty five and twenty four at Louisville, so it's just like fifty fifty. Man, you win some, you lose some. He's not. It didn't have a bad tenure at Louisville. It was all right. I thought the after the first year, I thought it actually might be pretty good, and I liked him at App State. I, I thought it was a good hire for Louisville. He did a great job at, at App State, and then first year at Louisville, he did really really good. He won eight games and kind of just you know, maxed out their wins that year. But after that, it just really plateaued. They never got in better. Just kind of stayed the same almost for the last four years. Cunningham was just pretty good and tried to carry them at times at quarterback, but defense was never really good enough. It just did the supporting cast just wasn't there enough, but you know, I mean, he's, he's sort of stepping down ish a level maybe. So maybe that'll be a little better for him at, at Cincinnati. I don't know if just a fresh start, obviously he, wasn't super welcome at Louisville now with the yeah. his 
ever since he almost job, left yeah. or tried to leave for the South Carolina job, he had he was basically on a hot seat, and and so yeah, that's why he's leaving for a job that isn't necessarily better. Um. All right. Well, I really have nothing to add there. I, Ryan's yeah. sociopath the take there was is good. Yeah, Ryan, check Ryan's post. <laughs> the only thing that's really it's really funny that they're these two teams are playing each other in the bowl game. Like one of the yeah. oh yeah yeah. It's yeah, crazy. it's funny. The reporter asked him about a certain question. He's like, well, wait, which team are you referring to? Like, are you still going to coach in the bowl game? Or are you going to go with the, <laughs> well, wait, which team are you referring to? <laughs> That's funny. Um, all right. Florida Atlantic is hiring former Texas head coach Tom Herman. And I like this move. I, I think yeah, Tom a Herman's a, a solid coach, good recruiter, did a, a very good job at Houston. And then at Texas, it's not like he did a bad job. It's kind of like, right. I guess I would say it's like Scott Satterfield's job at Louisville, but a little, maybe slightly better, you know, if yeah. you kind of just adjust. Um, you know, he took over Texas after three straight losing seasons and quickly turned them around, had three straight top 25 finishes, which, okay, at Texas, is it's not like amazing, but it was, he, he left them in a better spot than he found them. So um, stepping down in class and taking over FAU as they, they now um, are going to enter the AAC. I, I think I think Tom Herman's a, a good coach to have. Agreed. All right, let's move on to the next coaching hire. We have is GJ Kinney. Like liked him as a quarterback back in the day. Uh, he's been hired by Texas State, um, and I'm on board with this hire. I am. He's a Texas guy. Um, he's pretty, he's risen in the coaching ranks pretty quickly. Actually, five years ago, he was a grad assistant at SMU. So. He's kind of climbed the ladder here pretty fast. And, you know, his his head coaching experiences last year, uh, it was at Incarnate Word. Uh, he went 11-1. and one. And remember, Incarnate Word was, they lost their star quarterback, Cameron Ward, and a good receiver to Washington State and their coach. So, you know, that was that was seemingly going to be a tough situation after losing those things like that, uh, those types of players. But he actually got them better. They they went eleven and one and improved this this past year. So they it's I think that was a very good coaching job by Kinney. Um, so now Texas State, I mean, I like it. I think he could possibly do well there. He's a Texas dude. Maybe can recruit well. It's a I think it's a good fit for for them. All right, moving on to Jamie Chadwell is going to Liberty. Um, and you know, as a podcast, especially our our Patreon, we owe a little bit to Chadwell since our. Our Patreon family initially picked uh, Coastal Carolina to be our team a, a few years ago, and obviously they ended up having that storybook season out of nowhere. But um, that was amazing. His offense is, is so fun to watch. That new aged option, and with Liberty, they're going into a conference, Conference USA. We know they're not afraid to spend money. Wouldn't surprise me if Chadwell kind of was able to build on some of the success that Hugh Freeze just had. Seems like a good fit for the culture at Liberty. Yeah, Chadwell will be successful there, I'm sure. Hey, he, in that he, conference. Hopefully, he can find himself a new Grayson McCall, though. Yeah. Grayson McCall true. certainly helped him out the last few years. That is true. It's someone I, to piss red, white, and blue, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm just I'm just a little surprised that that Chadwell I, I would have bet a couple years ago yeah. that his next gig was going to be a power five job. And it just seemed job after job, he just he wasn't getting them. So uh, I'm not yeah. sure what the deal with that is, but if he's successful at Liberty, then I'm sure the next job will be a, a big step up. If he wants it. Yep. All right. Next one we have is uh, to replace Jamie Chadwell. Coastal Carolina is hiring NC State offensive coordinator Tim Beck. 
And to wow. me, someone say, wow. Who said, wow? Yeah, I, I said, wow. It's oh. a, just an incredible hire. Oh, no, uh, <laughs> seems like Trey. A little, Maybe a little well, sarcasm there. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this reaction. No, I agree with you, though. It is, it's to me, very underwhelming. I thought his offense is kind of underachieved at, at <laughs> NC State. And just, it just wasn't an exciting offense to watch. Nowhere near uh, what Jamie Chadwell ha- had going. So, to me, I wouldn't be excited about the hire, but he does have a lot of experience at big time programs. So maybe that's what, yeah, what he Coastal does. was looking at. Uh, yeah, you, you go back to Nebraska, Texas, NC State, even yeah. NC State. I mean, you know, Devin Leary's the, the year before last was he had a pretty good statistical year. He I know their did, offense wasn't amazing. But still, but it just felt like the offense sh- still should have been better. Like, I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. We'll see. Going down, like you said. All right. Uh, South Florida, USF, hiring Alex Golish. Um, and I, I kind of like the thought process here by, by USF. They go to one of the most prolific offenses this year, best stories, get the offensive coordinator because he was at Tennessee learning under uh, Heupel. And, but what I like more about him uh, is he also helped lead the turnaround at Iowa State under Campbell. Um, they're going to need a big turnaround. But you know, as we've seen, USF is a place that you could can win at. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, I'm, I'd be on board if I was USF. Um, all right, let's move on. We got uh, Kevin Wilson is going to Tulsa. He was wow. the offensive coordinator. Yes, yeah, huge news. <laughs> huge news, I know. Crazy. Wow. Right? He was the offensive coordinator but at really? Ohio wow. State. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, he was okay, actually, as the head coach at Indiana. Um, he won six games his last two seasons there. Like, each season he won six, that means. Not six total. Um, so he made bowl games those last two years, which at Indiana, man, that's pretty good. I don't care if you go six and six, two and six in the conference, like making any bowl game is pretty solid. So it's true. Not, not bad. Not bad. Um, at Ohio state, he's been a part of some amazingly good teams and really, really good offenses. Now I know, is he not, he's not like the main guy for that offense. It's Ryan day, but Hey, not bad to be a part of it and see the success. So I don't know. I mean, he, he coached in Oklahoma at, at Oklahoma for about eight years was great there. Um, so he's familiar with the state. You know, I don't know. It's worth a shot. I don't know. If I'm Tulsa, like, what's my ceiling with this guy? Yeah, I, I just, just, yeah. I, I I don't think it's worth firing I mean, Montgomery. Like, I'm not to saying, get. like, he's he's fine. Like, but I mean, what's your, right. I know, I'm not what's your home it. run threat here? You know. And also, he was reportedly uh, asked to resign at Indiana for mistreating players. So just that on top of it is not great. Maybe it'll but. be a Greg Schiano situation eventually. But I agree, Ryan. He's like, at high floor, so hopefully. Oh, I don't think Tulsa's gonna. <laughs> we're gonna have, True. We're gonna have some <laughs> good, point. Uh, good point. Riding in the 3, streets, 000, <laughs> three thousand students. All right, okay. we're moving on. Yeah. All right, Trey, you got. Oh, we got. Okay. We got a firing. Seth Luttrell fired at North Texas. What'd you guys think of that? I I know they. I mean, it's weird because he just, of course, made it to the the conference championship, but. I guess I can kind of well. I, I I will say this. I I'll I'll wait to see who they hire. Like because right. sometimes it depends. Like when uh, we're about to get to UNLV, who who fired Marcus Arroyo, and I was kind of like, well, it seemed like Arroyo had things going in the right direction. Like so, I'm kind of questioning this firing. But if they go make a splash higher, then I'll be like, okay, then I guess it makes yeah. sense. Well, with North North Texas, that's kind of how I'm looking at it because. I know they are willing to spend a lot, and I think they see UTSA and Jeff Trailer having yep. way more success than they have been, 
and Latrell just kind of I know he had a solid year but just kind of hanging on by a thread a little bit so it it seems maybe a little harsh but but I'll see who they hire yeah I mean he he was exactly 500 there 44 and 44 and up until this year the last three years were not good um so he came into this year and had needing to have a big bounce back season I think they actually made a goal of eight if he didn't get to eight and that was that was it um and you know even this year like yeah they won the got to the division got yeah. the conference but they, they weren't, weren't that very good. good no you're right you're they right. weren't very good they got whooped a few times by teams that you know in their conference that were just clearly way way better than them so you know i'm okay with it i i, I know it seems a little bit weird to go fire a guy who's at, just made his conference title but like michael said i mean if you're you know is the goal to just be okay or is the goal to try to be the top dog and try to win you know win the conference and have some double digit type win seasons because there's teams out there around them in the area, Texas, Louisiana. They see those teams, Louisiana, and Michael mentioned UTSA, like the UAB. Like they, they want to try to replicate some successes like that. So I'm I'm okay with it. All right. Well, moving on to the last hiring, we have Arkansas defensive coordinator Barry Odom going to UNLV to replace Marcus Arroyo, like I just said. And this so to me, it, it this hire, I mean, I like it. Like, I think he, he did a fine job at Missouri. Odom did when he was their head coach. But I was just expecting something maybe a little more when, when you fire, yep. hire, fire a coach who was moving in the right direction. So um, I guess I'm a sociopath about this, this hire. You know, I have no feeling, you know. Yeah. Wow. yeah. It's, not, it's not bad. It's not great. Wow. I'm, I'm with you. I thought, I thought Arroyo was, I don't know. Yeah, they whatever got a lot better this past year. Like, yeah, why? I mean, they're like metric wise, they still weren't. They just they just looked a little bit better, and with a young quarterback. But maybe Odom can can carry that torch. Yeah, Odom's a good coach, so maybe it'll be yeah, fine. It's yep. true. All right, well, moving on. The playoff field is set. We had no real drama on Selection Sunday. They tried to 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 make us think Alabama had any sort, sort yeah. of shot, but no, there was no chance. Yeah. Alabama. It was. There was for me the only question was who was going to be three and who was going to be four. I, I yeah. you know I I wouldn't have been surprised either way there. But as it turns out, we have number one Georgia against number four Ohio State in the Peach Bowl, and then we have number two Michigan against number three TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. So let's start with that first one. Start with the Peach Bowl. Any any quick thoughts on that? Well, I mean, this is kind of the two teams heading into the season that I mean, including Alabama. We thought those were the clear, clear favorites in the, you know, we thought they were going to be pretty good, solid favorites heading into the year, um, but didn't necessarily print out that way for Ohio State. Michigan just got continued their their good trend, but I'm looking forward to it because I want to see Georgia's defense against Ohio State's offense. I mean, you know, I want to see those guys, how, yeah. how they actually match up like that, see which one ends up getting the upper hand. Yeah. And Georgia, and it's funny, they ended up getting probably the tougher opponent you know when you look at it oh yeah metric rating wise tcu versus ohio yeah, state so they, they drew ohio state um but um uh, they i i'm expecting i think a better effort out of ohio state than the one against michigan like remember last year georgia lost going into the playoff then they kind of turned it around and obviously ended up winning not saying ohio state's gonna win at all but i i think uh they got some new life and and they could definitely um I just think they'll they'll put out a better performance on the field than they did against Michigan. Yeah, it's a tough draw having to to go play Georgia, you know, in Atlanta. And yeah, yeah. 
uh georgia of course will have the home field advantage for that reason and just they've this will be their third game this season at that stadium so the the familiarity is definitely there yeah. for georgia but only what is what's the spread there right now is it like six and six a half, and a half six I and a half yeah so i think there's mm. going to be some scoring too on georgia's defense isn't as invincible as it was last year and sure and and georgia's offense is very good too no jackson smith and jigba he just kind of never could quite get healthy this season and yeah it seems like i mean this he's just kind of shutting it down for the to prepare for the draft is obviously the it seems like yep. maybe if he really wanted to maybe he could have tried to give it a go i'm not sure but there's no need i mean i, I know yeah hard to blame it too yeah title, i mean you know like, you're you're about to make a ton of money in if he was healthy all year and everything and it's a, a different story but you know he just hasn't been all right well we've got uh yeah michigan tcu in the fiesta bowl what are you guys what are you guys looking for there what do you think, to Trey? me it's just for 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 tcu can they hold their own against michigan's front on both the lines i think if they can then tcu really has a shot because they got guys like obviously max duggan johnston kendra miller on the offense but like on the other side if 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 michigan's able to run 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 over them and keep the ball out of duggan's hands then it, it could be a long day so that's really kind of what i'm looking at yeah i think tcu is going to be right here with them I, I you know i look at the Michigan season there they had some great wins no doubt about it but even Purdue gave them a you know a respectable game and I think TCU is a better team than Purdue so I really don't know why you know TCU wouldn't be able to at least move the ball somewhat consistently against them um you know I know they're gonna have struggle against uh Michigan's ground game but hey if they can just slow it up a little bit then I think they're gonna be able to hang in and make this a game heading into the fourth quarter yeah I mean this this side of it uh, is is exciting because no matter who wins here, we're going to have new blood in, in the national title. Obviously, yeah, TCU, yeah. very new blood. They've never uh, made a national title. Well, unless they a long, long time ago that I'm not aware of uh, before right. they yeah. haven't had a national right. title. But uh, And then Michigan, obviously, they're, they're a blue blood, but it's been a while. It's It's been a while. 97. Since, yeah, it's been. Yep. Yeah. So um, that's that's exciting. And But really, though, the most exciting potential thing here is would be a Michigan Ohio State Day national rematch. title. I mean, that yeah. would be oh, yeah. That wow. just would the vitriol <laughs> for that, the build up, and yeah. that would be amazing. It's, I mean, it, it was like yeah, like Duke, North Carolina in the Final Four this past year. It would be right. like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously even a, probably a little bit bigger scale, but yeah, it, it's. I mean, it w- it would be a lot like that. It would be super super fun. So I'm not going to say yep. I'm cheering for that because. You know, it's hard to cheer against this TCU team, but if it ends up happening, I will be yeah. very excited. That'll be a game, though, that you just wouldn't forget. Like, I'll, you know, the if yeah. Michigan Ohio State play yeah. like for the national title, I'm not going to forget that game. Like, it's just no. too rare of an occurrence, and you know, it'd be just so cool to see. It would be. It'd be weird. It would be the uh, second straight year then that yeah, Georgia yeah. Alabama yeah, huge rivals faced yeah. each other a few weeks before, and then yeah, mm-hmm. got a rematch. Yeah. Same conference. All right. So how about of the, the rest of the, the bowl games? Of course, in the coming weeks, we will preview all these bowl games. But which one are you, you most looking forward to? I am most looking forward to, I mean, there's so many. There's a lot of games I want to watch, but I got to pick one. You're yep. picking the Alamo Bowl. <laughs> yeah yeah, that, right. yeah that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Me too. We all did it. All three of us. Texas we didn't even UW. discuss this. No, no Texas we did. That, that was the one. 
That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, Texas finished the year all right. They did well. But against Washington, the high-flying offense, Michael Penix going up against Texas, Quinn Ewers, like, I don't It could be a fun high-scoring game to watch. And the Alamo Bowl just always seems like a, a fun one to watch. Uh, yeah. So I think it'll be a good quality game. And, you know, both 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 are in their young tenures of their coach, obviously. Uh, Kalen DeBoer's first year at Washington, second year for Sarkeesian. But, you know, they're both – it's an important game for them both. Like, they, you know, yeah. springboard into a good, great year next year, especially for Sark. Like, Washington already had yeah. a great year, you know. But Sark, man, got to get some positive stuff. Keep, keep building that positive momentum. And just kind of a chance for Quinn Ewers to set the tone – for next yeah. year because yeah with of course arch. arch manning coming in so if 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 viewers struggles in this game then the talk in the offseason is really going to be strong as hey is arch going to take over but if quinn has yeah. a great game then i think they'll probably still talk about whether arch will yeah, take over will. but it'll be less <laughs> less yeah so. they'll give viewers more of a shot yeah and it's and Penix is coming back it's crazy yeah 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 that's yeah. that's the thing. About, I didn't even realize that he had an extra year. I know. <laughs> I just kind of at this point ago, assume that everyone has an extra year with yeah, you know, I know. with the, the yeah. COVID year. But uh, but yeah, it is crazy. And I think this is that's the. I mean, we're we all like NIL, but for those people that do not like it, I think the aspect of NIL NIL that they they will like is some of these players that aren't going to be first round picks are, are going to be mid to late round picks there might be more money for them to stay in college. Like if Penix is probably right. worth more to Washington this next year than he is to whoever was going to draft him. I, I don't know. I don't really follow the you know NFL draft, draft rankings too closely, but I, I imagine he was not going to be an early pick. First round so, pick. Yeah. Um, and it seems so, yeah. like it's hard to know, but this is one of the games where it, you don't, I mean, I guess it's impossible to predict, but in terms of like opt-outs, it doesn't seem like they'll be decimated by opt-outs on this one, but we'll see yeah what's yeah, what's the spread in this one anyone look at um, that i didn't look all right well we'll have to guess it here um oof well i got to say i'm gonna, I'm gonna say, say texas yeah. by i'm gonna say texas favorite as well three that's a pretty that's a pretty good line i'll because mm. it's in it's in texas not that that matters but yeah a little bit um that's a tough one washington oh man all Ooh. right I'll, yeah is it more than that or less <laughs> it's more <laughs> more than that it's one of those yeah, though than... what is it? okay yeah, then, what is it i got i you guys already gave it away so six He's, there's five and a half and sixes yeah oh so three i mean that's pretty close yeah i was i should have gone a little more but yeah either way it's a it's a yeah. good game definitely All right. I, well we got to mention some other one maybe like i can't just say one yeah yeah if you have one go notre dame and south carolina in the in, in the gator bowl both teams eight and four you know, South Carolina, last two wins against top 10 teams, man. Spencer yeah. Rattler, maybe they're just going to propel themselves here. And, you know, another another rank win against Notre Dame would be cool. For sure. For sure. Are you guys looking forward to Tennessee and Clemson? Just because, like, yeah, you know. I think so. Snow I Hooker. am. That was, that was yeah. I want to see Joe Milton. And yeah. um, I think uh, the Vols might want to cop off their, their year. Yeah, Klubnik. Yeah. It's an all orange orange bowl and thing it is yeah nice. orange orange and orange yeah where's syracuse Radio. can syracuse get in on this action yeah, yeah. They, play, they play minnesota right not quite orange hmm. yeah. okay well uh how about the the heisman trophy we got the four finalists for this upcoming weekend caleb williams max duggan cj stroud and the one that has twitter a buzz stetson bennett 
Yeah. And right <laughs> now, Caleb Williams is the very heavy betting favorite, but you can still bet on it. So it's not quite, uh, you know, it's not a not a sure thing yet. But what were your thoughts on this this final four here? Trey, go ahead. Well, I mean, to me, Duggan and Williams are like the two most truly deserving in this group when I look at it. Um, both are just awesome. I'm not saying that CJ Stroud and Stetson aren't aren't any are bums or anything, but um it's just it just ended up being kind of a weird year because the main contenders, such as Hendon Hooker, Blake Corum was going to be up there. They both go down to injury kind of late in the year. And you could still maybe make a case for them to be in New York. So there's just a lot of guys that were kind of jumbled there, but Caleb kind of took the reins. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I'm in the mold that of, I think Hannah Hooker got screwed. I, I think he should be here. Um, and I, I'd put him number two on my list. So what, he missed like the last game, game and a half or whatever it was. Like some of these guys had some bad games and, you know, they lost the campus conference title games. I don't know. But you can't just write him off just because he missed one, what was it, one and a half? I, I, I forget what exactly yeah, how it basically. finished. But yeah, it was one and a half. Yeah. So, Vanderbilt uh, and you, part of South Carolina. Yeah, I, his numbers were absolutely incredible. He was fantastic. He was really, really, really good last year as well and carried Tennessee to just amazing, amazing season. Yeah, they lost to Georgia and then they had a, a dud versus South Carolina, but that's the one he got hurt in, right? South Carolina that is. Game. But the, the, it wasn't really the offense's fault there. Uh, yeah, exactly. Huker was amazing. Like, to me, there's absolutely <laughs> no way. I know Twitter's going to buzz, but there's absolutely no way Hooker should be behind Stetson Bennett. Like, no way. Bennett does not. Bennett had a good year. Uh, Ryan, did but, you watch that game? I believe Georgia beat Tennessee. No, I agree with you. Stetson Bennett, like, he he's good and had a good year. Very good year. But I just... I he would not be so that means because you only get a ballot of three he would not be on my ballot of three like there, no. there's plenty there's no of guys way. he wouldn't even be close to my top three no nah, he he wouldn't for me either um yeah i thought drake I'd may like michael Penix ahead of him yeah drake may michael Penix, hendon hooker i'd have drake may ahead of him yeah blake corn maybe but like bo nix had an amazing year so bo nix uh, yeah there's just a lot of players that i thought if were more outstanding than than bennett but he's an awesome story like, you know i'm not gonna sit here and just uh, I'm, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. He's terrible, man. No, <laughs> no. <I'm> <laughs> He's very efficient. Had a, have a, had an efficient year. Yeah. Yeah. You just the, the quarterback of the number one team. They just Yeah, get, exactly. Get it was pass. just given to him. Like he's, you know, but, he's, uh, but he is very good. All right. Well, let's uh, end the episode with some quick thoughts on the transfer portal. It's going to be the craziest off-season portal Man. season by by far it's gonna be Seems like cr- every wow. acc quarterback's already in it yeah there's like half their starters are already half <laughs> the starting quarterbacks of the acc are in the portal um well we've, we've got a couple quarterbacks that have chosen their destination Cade mcnamara already going from michigan to yeah. iowa and phil jerkovic an acc guy yeah going from boston college to another acc school pit um mm-hmm. Because Keith Lopez, chairs. of course, had entered the portal, and I don't know. That's that was what <laughs> what what else are you seeing in the portal? Yeah, There's too much. <laughs> yeah, Spencer is. Sanders is finally leaving Oklahoma State. I'm not sure what the market for him is going to be. I'm not sure it's going to be that strong at a Power Five level. Eh. At a you know maybe a lower level like team, but he just never really was that great for we'll them. We'll see. We'll see. I, I could. He's got a lot of talent. I, I could see someone. Does he? Making use. He always shows flashes. Yeah, yeah. Then some I, JT Daniels is going to be on the. He's going for his fourth team. Yeah, JT yeah. Daniels. Exactly. Yeah, JT Daniels. 
I'd but, take it. But we just talked about it a, a little bit ago, but like the COVID year, totally. I've been pretty on top of it, I feel like. But now, this looking at this cycle of the transfer portal, it made me lose all concept of time because like JT Daniels, yeah. Devin Leary. Oh. Um, I just, I didn't realize these guys still had another Penix. It's crazy. Penix isn't transferring, but. No, that's a very good point because that used to be part of my process of following college football is before each season you'd, you'd know what year guys were in, and you would just remember okay i remember when they were true freshmen and yeah. whatnot you'd you it was relevant what year they were but with this covid season you look at a depth chart you, you don't know what the sophomore means you know you don't know what junior yeah. like so exactly. i just have given up i just for the most part like <laughs> some schools listed differently yeah, yeah i don't just, know yeah. who, how many years of eligibility guys have yeah, you just got to look at his stats. You got to take the time to go look at their stats and like see, okay, was this like how many games did they play in in two thousand nineteen and twenty? But it, but it just like, the the way that the 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 amount of people in the portal and talented players, it's just going to be like it makes the off season so kind of a little bit more fun in the sense that it's unpredictable. Like it's not just like you know automatically right now who's going to be good next year because stuff can change so quickly. Oh yeah. I'm going to be uh, not sad when the COVID year finally runs out of, you know, time. And if, yeah. what, like three years, maybe. Well, but then there's, those... well, it's then, you know, COVID, COVID 25 will, will be COVID around. 25. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'll just put it back with the yeah. vengeance. <laughs> but when will it be? It will be 2020, like <laughs> six, I guess, because 2020 no didn't count. So 21, 20, then you get a red shirt. Like then like 22, 23, 24, 25. So I think 25 will be like the last year, I think maybe where we'll have like some COVID. Yeah, but Michael's saying there's going to be another epidemic. So well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think 25 is the last year. So we got a few more seasons still yet, guys. Well, uh, some other quarterbacks in the portal. Well, one we haven't brought up. I guess we've brought up a couple on my list here, but Austin Reed, the Western Kentucky quarterback had, he had a very good year there. So he will be highly sought after i would think and so does everybody at western kentucky lately yep yep that uh zappy yeah yeah so i don't know it's just it's gonna be wild we'll probably every week have have to be talking about who's entered the portal who's found their destinations but yeah but i think i know it's not the right now everyone or a lot a lot of people hate the portal and um want a more a system that is a little bit more organized and yeah we'll we'll get there pros and cons but this this is the system we have now, and it's it's going to be fun. Like I, I'm gonna once you get to college football Saturdays, do you really care how it got there? You just want your team to be good and play well on the field and win the game. It doesn't really. I don't know. I'm not too wrapped up in yeah what it goes into it. It's like hey, just whatever the system is, I want my team to to work at the best and be good. That's true. That is true. Well said, Ryan. Thank you. You think Matt Rule's the guy to work it? <laughs> Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm on board the Matt Rule train. I, I like the hire. I, I, he did great at college, so I, I'm going to support him. I'm, uh, I was definitely off the Frost one for the last couple yeah, years. You were early off the Frost train. Was, oh my gosh, some insane people still just kept hope for what? What are you looking at? Right, well, like, like, okay, we're, you're we're, right, we're right here, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're the best three and nine team of all time. So, like, okay, I'm sorry, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not convinced he's done. He's coming back. Uh, fair enough. Fair Where enough. is Frost going to end up? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He, not many people are going to want him, but, but maybe he'll be a coordinator, yeah. office of coordinator somewhere. He can you know? definitely have a, a 
a second act. Oh, totally. Yeah, sure. Like, he totally. Could. I think eventually yeah. he'll he'll work his way back up to to another head coaching job. If, yeah. Yeah. It's a tough place to win in Nebraska. His UCF days will still resonate. I don't know he'll if he's be, got it in him to to want to get back to that, though. I don't know. Mm. It seems like he just didn't want to do the job. It's part of his problem. He can also just go chill on the golf course as much as he wants. Yeah. He's a very rich man. He can do whatever he wants, man. Mm. All right. Well, yeah. it always comes back to Nebraska for us. I think that was my fault there. <laughs> I think I brought it back. So <laughs> can't even blame Ryan. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay, well, that'll do it for this week's episode of the College Football Bros. Uh, Be sure to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we got to plan an episode next week. It's it's no longer just kind of written for us with with college football. Oh, wow. I think we might... Well, the Bulls will start the following Saturday. Okay, but I think we got to do the Golden Bros. Hey, Uh, we didn't touch on Army-Navy. Oh, that's right. Army-Navy coming up. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It is a 33 over under for that game. So, <laughs> and the unders hit 16 years in a row or something like oh, that. that. Oh, that's right. It's absolutely insane. That is absolutely insane the way that those unders hit in the the service academy games. And they keep getting lower. I'm going to bet the I'll bet the under. I'm going to bet the You're going to bet the under? But the Ryan, first time the overs yeah, do. Ryan, the, o- the overs do. <laughs> the overs do. <laughs> I know. It'll probably the overs it'll probably be like Maybe a 30, minus 30 one to 30 and a half game. or two. That's a tough one. Yeah, well, Army can make a bowl game with a win. Are they a new one? No, but how's that work? Because are they still? Do they are they just out? Because teams have like already selected their bowls. Like, are there still a bowl game waiting? You know, it's a good question. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, what if they get to six wins? I don't think they have any like multiple. They beat Colgate and Villanova, so maybe they're actually out because they had two. Yeah, that's FCS that's wins. Two. Yeah, yep. so maybe they're. All right. Only well, count one of those. There's our our, our riveting Army Navy <laughs> analysis. Hope you enjoyed that. I had to throw in that at the end. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.